R&B, the podcast, yeah, you know it's Russ and Blake coming at ya. Yeah, we gonna tell ya about what we've been talking about throughout the week. You hear us speak and then you know that it's R&B. All right, welcome back to R&B Podcast. I'm not going to touch the mic. With Russ and Blake, thank you, God, for giving us this opportunity to have another conversation on this lovely evening. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God, for giving us access to R&B Studios here and having our listeners and viewers tap in to hear what we have to say and just kind of vibe with us for another episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And shout out to our sponsors, Rhythm and Blessing, Mm -hmm. Elevate Personal Training. Couldn't do without y'all. Could not. Um, Last week was a good conversation. I was told by my wife that every episode seems to some way include discussing communication. Mm. And in particular, I think back to our episode about relationships, and we talked a lot about how valuable communication is to having healthy relationships, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's uh, romantic relationships, professional relationships, friendships, so have you. Um, communication, we all have to communicate on a daily basis. Um, that's one of the strengths that we have as human beings, right? Mm. Being able to communicate effectively, and now we have all of these other uh, avenues of communication and technologies that allow us to communicate in different ways. So today we would like to discuss communication specifically and not only how it relates to another topic, right? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> communication is the key. We can communicate out of a lot of situations that are sometimes perilous, but we can also make it harder for ourselves if we're not communicating, if we're avoiding certain cues that somebody might be giving us or if lack of our communication to somebody else Mm -hmm. you know i I officiate basketball and i work with some amazing people who have done it for decades and decades and oftentimes i've heard in our captain's meetings they'll be talking to like young college athletes and they'll tell them like hey us three officials here we have our masters in communication now we don't actually have that but that's how we work we work because you should be able to come with us with all different levels of energy respect but also questions and we're going to communicate to you in an effective way to make sure that this whole thing runs the right way yeah you know what i'm saying so there's just so many different areas where you mastering communication is just going to elevate what you're able to do and Mm. how much you're going to be able to get paid for your service yeah that's a cool way to put that because um excuse me you can be a master in something without going to college to study it, right? Mm-hmm. They call it a master's degree, but um, plenty of people in this world put in the time and the effort to learn certain skills or about certain topics so that they um, are probably more educated in that area than someone who actually went to college for it. You know, I know plenty of people that have doctorates that did not study the way that you would expect all doctors to study. Um, So just keep that in mind when we think about labels. We've talked about labels before, too. Mm -hmm. But as far as um, communicating in your profession, it's vital. If you have poor communication in a basketball game, people get mad at you. It ruins the game, ruins the flow. The the fans get upset. The players are upset. And there's a lot of tension, right? Exactly. And then, obviously, you work in education. And you have to not only communicate with other teachers and staff members of the school, but also communicate with children and not Mm -hmm. just any children, but children that have history of having behavioral issues. For sure. And a lot of times you could say something, state something to a class and then automatically assume all these groups of kids weren't listening. Oh, you guys weren't listening. That's why you don't know what's going on. But you have to have some reflection on yourself and say, well, did you communicate it the right way? And mm-hmm. this is a conversation, you know, we have to have often is, did you say it in a way that they would understand it? Mm-hmm. I've seen so many groups and lectures given with all types of jargon. And I sit in the back observing it from the perspective of the student. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no way that they know what you're saying. <laughs> Cause I barely know what you're saying, but yeah. you know what you're saying. And like, yeah. that's great, but you're not really doing anything. You're not communicating. Right. Right. So verbal communication is what most people think about when we say communication. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it is important to be able to change how you communicate verbally, depending on who your audience is. 
And um, having an audience of children is different than talking to uh, or having a meeting with the teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, same for me, my audience sometimes are my patients in the hospital or my clients in the gym and uh, other times it's my colleagues. So like you said, with the jargon, you can use all of those technical terms and big words and acronyms if you're talking to the people that should have the same knowledge level as you. But when you're trying to educate someone or trying to inform people, you have to um, make sure that you're communicating at their level of understanding. Yeah, and if you can't break something down to its basic form, I question if you even really know it. That's right. usually my cynical side. It's like, if you can't say this in layman's terms, do you actually mm -hmm. understand the information? Mm -hmm. Yeah, being able to relate it differently to than what it says in a textbook, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that takes skill to be able to do that. Because a lot of people do, quote unquote, learn things, but they just know what the textbook says. And mm -hmm. the, the application of that knowledge is so much more important. And we talk about that in the medical field a lot. Because I've met a lot of um, brilliant individuals who have like photographic memories and are able to know things, but they don't necessarily know how to do it or how to implement it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the next step that uh, comes more so with the, the wisdom and the experience of whatever that area may be. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean... When we're talking about communication, we can never neglect the experience. Mm -hmm. As a young person, especially if you feel like a protege, like you're doing so great in your field, you watch these people who are 50 years old who have done it for a long time, and you think, Why, how come they're able to do this so much better than I can, or they have this certain way about them? It's that experience. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to the point where I will never put down someone's experience in a field because I cannot know or learn until I go through it. Right, right. Uh, you definitely have to respect the amount of time that someone has in the game sure that's for sure and i know you have a great kind of way that we can guide this conversation but if we're just talking about relationships that's something where experience we know if you have a marriage or a long standing relationship that you guys have experienced together mm -hmm. but take the perspective of someone who has multiple relationships or has a couple year relationship breaks up and someone else how do you see like that experience of communication being able to build into the next one? You have to look at the relationships as learning experiences, right? Mm. And um, just know that when you get into a new relationship, the idea is that you two are growing together, learning together, developing upon your communication skills together because we all communicate differently. And hopefully you communicate with your partner better than the other people you interact with in your life um, or more frequently, at least. And we talk about time in the game. So getting to know each other in that way is very important. And um, that communication should change over time. Me and Maddie just talked about this recently. She thanked me for uh, being patient with her and her growth and her communication. And I gave her the same thanks because I was like, I wasn't perfect when we got together either. We both had our flaws and a lot of that did revolve around poor communication. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I knew in my head and I was able to address. But at the same time, when we were going through it, I didn't necessarily take the accountability and realize that I was also contributing to the issue that we were having, which was wasn't anything severe. Um, you know, you kind of go through that honeymoon phase when you start dating someone and we didn't have any type of, I guess, miscommunication or issues probably until like a year into our relationship. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, we had to work through that together and understand why it happened. And uh, like I said, it was really just a lack of communication and, um, you know, in my situation at some point it was selfishness too, but I think that that's you assuming that other people know what you're thinking or what your intentions are, mm. right? I've talked about intentions before. I have mixed emotions about intentions because sometimes when it comes down to what you say and what you do, the intention doesn't necessarily matter. Mm -mm. But I do believe that going into situations with good intentions is important as well. For sure. It just can't be the excuse when something doesn't turn out the way that you expect it. Yeah, and that's why using relationships as a springboard in this conversation can be difficult because someone could be in what they call a toxic relationship. So the communication that they were practicing could have been very petty, manipulative, mm. all these other things that hinder people's growth in their communication process. Mm -hmm. And then how do you figure your way out of that? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> YouTube or get a book or something. I guess when I guess it's when it's a necessity. Mm -hmm. I think it's when people start realizing this cyclical thing in their life is always causing them harm that they reach out. They ask for help. Mm -hmm. Asking for help is a tool that I think is 
overlooked. Yeah. And it's hard to communicate that you need assistance sometimes because um, there does have to be this process within yourself and really understanding that situation. Some people aren't able to communicate with themselves what they're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do I explain it to someone else and really know what to ask for and this assistance that I'm asking for, right? Um, I think that as far as verbal communication, it's easy to just remind yourself that if you're trying to communicate from a place of love and gratitude, then more often than not, you're going to be in a better position of how you're presenting your ideas to someone. Correct. So just not from a judgmental place, not being short and, uh, I guess, aggressive, um, I know that sometimes even now talking to my parents, sometimes I'm short with them, which is not right of me. It certainly improved over the years from when I was a teenager, but I don't know why it's when we sometimes communicate with our loved ones, we don't have that patience with them. Like Mm. we expect them to know something that we're already thinking or how we want to present the situation. Um, But I've certainly had to work on my patience and just make sure that the people that I interact with understand that I'm coming from a place of love because we all have different, I guess, understandings and perceptions of what love is, but it's very important to make sure that your loved ones feel loved. And that takes an intentional effort in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And then not taking their lack of understanding you personally. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very big, be open to communicate that love to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, don't, make them guess and tell them straight up right mm-hmm. very direct communication i i believe in closed loop communication which we practice in the hospital to make sure that nobody has to make any assumptions right that's huge yeah and from my experience kind of moving i know we're jumping all over the place because we communicate in so many different ways and we're mm-hmm. both you know good at it and trying to get better I've worked basketball games where like the coach is legendary right so he has his rapport and his um history everybody knows about him and we'll pregame and i've had older officials tell me like hey he's gonna ask a lot of questions whatever you do don't ignore him Mm. right like that's the trigger do not (laughs) ignore this man or woman and um it's always funny because when i first started officiating when i would get into high pressure situations and i heard those questions getting barked at me block it out i'd be like (laughs) <laughs> I would try to just look forward like this person's gonna leave me alone, but it doesn't happen, yo. Like they don't forget; they're gonna wait for you if they're doing it the right way. Some people are gonna end up getting a technical or something because right. they're gonna come approach you with the wrong way. But the great coaches, they if they have a question, they have a question. If you're not prepared to answer it, you shouldn't be on that game, basically. And all I'm trying to say is that sometimes you have to just turn around and communicate, even mm-hmm. if you feel like you're not ready for that conversation. You gotta turn around. And hope, and that's where you lean on your experience because hopefully you studied enough to articulate what you need to say in this interaction mm-hmm. to make it professional. And sometimes that communication is just you telling them that you'll talk about it later, right? Sure, yeah. or telling them that they're asking you the wrong way, mm-hmm. and that's powerful. Hey, like I'm approachable. I'm here to answer questions, but the way you're addressing me isn't respectful. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> straight up, yeah. you know, that's drawing the line. I would be tempted to respond in that way too, though, just kind of ignoring mm-hmm. because if somebody comes at me hot and I don't like how they're asking me or how they're questioning me, mm-hmm. I oftentimes will respond with silence yeah, and then give them the opportunity to reflect on the situation before I respond mm-hmm. <laughs> and see if maybe they change their approach before I have to tell them that they need to. Right. Yeah. Um, and I heard somebody say a couple of days ago that I thought was really valuable that when we disagree with people or we don't like the way that someone's behaving or we don't like that, for instance, this example he gave, they were smoking in his proximity, like in an area where he didn't think it was appropriate. Mm. So he very quickly told them, hey, you, you can't smoke around me. And it was simple as that. A lot of people would get upset about the situation, right, and begin to judge them and make a big deal about it. But he said it it was a simple situation. And if that was something that made him uncomfortable, I'm not really worried about that. But I'm not going to put myself at risk getting secondhand smoke because you're not being um, considerate of my space. So he communicated effectively and quickly and took care of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. But I've seen similar situations where someone's in proximity of someone doing something they don't 
agree with and they neither remove themselves or ask the other person to change their behavior right mm-hmm. which you know given the context it could be uh obviously different scenarios of whether or not it's going to be appropriate to address that person but uh, i think more often than not effective communication can have both parties end up in a better situation for sure right that's a great way to put that in this conversation i'm going to lean a lot on my officiating experience because those are some of the best communicators i know Mm -hmm. who have taught me there's a guy who he's division one referees in like the big 10 pac 12 you know huge games he gets a lot of huge games and one time he told me he was like if you're not having fun out here then you need to communicate something to someone until you're having fun again. That might mean a technical foul, might mean ejecting somebody, or it might mean just a conversation. Whatever it is, if you're not enjoying yourself, you're not communicating the right way because you're the one running this game. Mm. You know, and that just kind of blew my mind because I'd been in stressful situations where I'm like, oof, I want this moment to be over. But that's a tool. If I communicate what I need to, yeah. um, then it's going to be fun. This weekend, I was refing these men who were guarding each other and every single time they scored they're mf or you can't guard me mf you can't guard me cussing at each other bodying each other score staring at each other look like they're about to fight and it's like okay they're competing they're grown men mm-hmm. but i come up to them i'm just like hey like, you guys are doing great but can you chill a little bit on like these few words mm-hmm. and they both just respected it oh oh those specific my bad you know mm-hmm. they kind of dab me kept on playing and just chilled for the rest of the game. And I'm like, man, that little two second conversation made this a lot easier for me. Cause I was thinking what's about to happen mm-hmm. before I inserted myself yeah, and said something, you right. know what I'm saying? And you were direct and specific. Mm-hmm. Right? You didn't say, Hey, watch your mouth. Yeah. I was like this <laughs> word, this word and this word. If you guys stop using that, please. Like it's not, right. you know, and then they were completely cool when I laid out what it is that the guidelines need to be. Nice. Nice. Good. Um, I'm sure that the suggestion from the gentleman for you to enjoy what you're doing plays a lot into the body language that you present as well, mm-hmm. which is a very important piece of communication that I think a lot of people don't take into consideration or aren't really as aware of. And it's something that I find myself to be almost like overly sensitive to. You know, I notice when people slump their shoulders or if they hear something and, you know, the rolling of the eyes and a uh, little like, all those little Mm -hmm. sounds and turning your shoulder to someone, all that stuff, I feel it. I feel it when I see it. Mm -hmm. So I try to, you know, again, communicate and understand why that energy has been put off. Mm. And then a lot of times the people that put off the most negative body language energy are the ones who are the most unaware, I feel. Mm. Um, I don't think a lot of people intend to do that. No, a lot of people don't intend to, because, okay, when we think about someone who slouches a lot, there's a lot of characteristics that come with that. It could be a poor self-image. You Mm -hmm. could, you know, not believe that the words you're saying are as powerful as they really are. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that they're unaware of that whole process, right? Mm -hmm. So that they could be feeling sad, a poor self-image, all these things, and not aware of these little parts of their self that they need to change to be able to become upright literally Mm -hmm. you know yeah and again i want people to think about communicating with yourself you Mm -hmm. know your body language is communicating with yourself Mm -hmm. um if you have good posture and you project your voice and you look people in the eye then your body will feel confident Mm -hmm. and then the mind body soul that connection is very very strong um You know, I've told people power poses in the mirror. It sounds corny, but when it's you and yourself in a room, nobody can see what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're being corny. If it's something that's going to benefit you, that's probably something you should do. And I talk about placebo effects quite a bit. And um, a power pose, for those that don't know, you look at yourself in the mirror and you can... Uh, spread your arms wide or do whatever pose puff your chest up whatever's going to make you feel like you look confident when you're looking at yourself and then so that you can have this image in your mind of you looking confident and being powerful and then Mm -hmm. if you do that before you go to a presentation or a meeting or something the idea is that you're not as nervous and you feel like you deserve to be there and like you can present yourself and communicate effectively because you're not nervous about just being in this room with people right Mm -hmm. um But again, I've mentioned it to people and it sounds funny at first, right? But it's definitely something that I've done. And again, if you're in a room by yourself, um, trying to look cool doesn't matter, right? 
trying to avoid being corny doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things that um, go along the lines of self-development and self-growth when you are doing them in in solitude and by yourself, that the, that's the whole purpose behind it, right? Because you are with your thoughts and you have to be in a vulnerable place where you're not afraid of being judged, right? You should be. Being yeah. in a vulnerable place while you're by yourself is probably a prerequisite to greatness in the world. Yeah. Because if you're afraid to be vulnerable even with yourself, then... Mm-hmm. And again, that self-communication. Some people don't want to really process their thoughts and their emotions and understand what the truth is that they're actually experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the self-talk is important, yes, but uh, sometimes the self-talk doesn't directly affect what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. You have to face reality 10 out of 10 rather than injecting your two cents of how you want things to be sometimes because we all have goals and we have states of minds that we intend to get to but we're not always in that right now and that's okay you just have to be aware and know what your your moves are going to be to get to that point man and you know you can come to the conclusions that we're talking about right now by a lot of self-help books, a lot of YouTube videos. I mean, you and I both know how many hours we've spent trying to figure out these little mm. keys to people having a you know, more positive experience in themselves. But mm. this is the power of communication because we're just sitting here talking mm. and you're getting all the research that we've done on the human psyche mm. and positive self-image just in us talking to each other. Mm. So that's always a beautiful thing to me about how um, valuable just a conversation can be yeah. Because it can literally collapse 10,000 hours of research into yeah. an hour-long podcast or a 10-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And you might hear just the right page that sparks the, the inspiration that you need, right? One thing I always love to see, for some reason, it, it's one of those things that always gets me, in a book, in a video, in anything, is when people are like, you're here now reading this for a purpose Mm -hmm. or you're here now listening to this for a purpose that always just like gets me excited (laughs) even though i know a million other people read that i love being reminded that what i'm doing right now is what i should be doing Mm -hmm. and where i'm at is where i should be yep yep i concur i'm Mm -hmm. the same way i've uh used that myself at Mm -hmm. times and i also get excited when i see it because it's just like okay i'm not wasting my time like i should go ahead and do this and indulge right and um I say all the time, there's no right way to live life. There's no really right or wrong decision. Like, we have free will. There are things that morally we disagree with. Um, but when it comes down to it, we can do whatever we want. Um, I always hope that people will make good decisions that benefit their neighbor and stuff. But I also understand the selfish grind of living in this world because it's a scary world. So, um, communication is so important so you realize you don't have to do this on your own yeah you know and um i I just kind of want to segue into kind of documenting the path of a lot of these things that you experience and learn you mentioned self-help books self-help books right that education that you may receive doesn't necessarily automatically lead to application of that knowledge, which is the important piece. Actually going out and having conversations, you know, meeting people, putting yourself in certain uncomfortable situations and talking to strangers and even just being open with the people that you know and you love. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people struggle to do that even after they've read so many books. And sometimes the self-help books can lead to so much introspection and learning that it makes you more afraid right yeah. you're almost analyzing yourself too much facts i was just about to say that you know because you might have gained some new words to judge yourself with you know right <laughs> and that right, can right, lead right. To a whole different thing going on so yeah i mean it should never be judgment on yourself analyzing yes evaluation yes but you have to know that if you are where you needed to be right in this moment then there would be no reason to keep living right sure and, and you know that's communication I, you are i know you already said self-talk mm-hmm. but a lot of those ideas come with just positive self-talk mm-hmm. you know and that's why I, no matter how abstract or esoteric it can become i'm always down to hear people talk about their affirmations whether mm-hmm. it's a religious one or spiritual however someone wants to label their what they're doing with themselves yeah. affirmations are just something i believe in so much oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah because i know that it 
I know, like you said, tricking yourself with power poses. I know that it tricks your brain when you're giving yourself affirmations, when you're telling yourself these positive things, the serotonin is released and the visual cortex is you're imagining yourself in this positive light. And over and over again, it just creates that kind of like rut in your brain that is giving you a positive feedback. Yeah, I wouldn't call it tricking yourself, though. Mm. More conditioning, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. But like in a way, I'm thinking you're you're tricking yourself because if you have a, I don't okay, I get what you're saying because it's not a lie. It's not like your affirmation right. is a lie. Because that's the people, or that's the problem people have with affirmations. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're lying to themselves. They get into this imposter syndrome and that kind of cascade, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that those actions are developing you into the mindset that you need and you want and that you doing the power poses are physically preparing you to be a better performer in that situation mm-hmm. right yeah um but i know what you mean by the sure. trick and just the terminology i could see how you know it would almost take away from the efficacy of those strategies to think of it in that way to me because Mm -hmm. it i mean like you said there's a scientific explanation behind it with the serotonin and everything Mm -hmm. so um you're physically making those changes right right yeah you are depending on where you start from a lot of people feel like if they're telling themselves like anything's possible or Mm -hmm. you know i am enough i'm a light all these different affirmations that help people Sometimes when people are like starting from a very dark place, it can feel like they're tricking themselves because they don't necessarily believe that just yet. But they just they just stumbled upon these affirmations. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's kind of like, okay, you're saying these things that you might not truly believe. But if you keep saying them to yourself, it's going to be such a repetitive thing that that's going to become your self-talk. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm like tricking yourself if if you don't believe it just yet. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. I think that written communication is becoming even more important and people probably think that it's becoming less. But in our digital interactions with people, we are writing quite a bit, whether uh-huh. it's text message or commenting on social media or uh, making a post yourself. A lot of those interactions are written. And I know that Hopefully my parents don't get mad, but our text communication between me and my parents is not nearly as effective as our verbal communication. Sure. So I think people of our generation are used to texting so much that, you know, some of us are better at texting than talking to each other. Mm -hmm. And even I personally don't enjoy talking on the phone a lot, but... um, as you know, I do enjoy communicating and I have to talk a lot for my professions. And so it, it's just so important to have all of these forms of communication be effective if you want to be able to maximize your abilities and perform to the highest level professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that sometimes even conversations between friends and family members can be blown out of proportion or taken out of context because of poor written communication and how a message may sound compared to how someone may have said it face to face. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's important for us to one understand that there's those discrepancies within written communication, not make assumptions. If you think that something's a certain way, at least clarify before you react Right, because there's a lot of um, kind of explosive reactions sometimes in response to these poorly uh, thought out written communication methods. Um, even email, you see, you know, football coaches and other professionals get in trouble for their emails. And it's like, well, one, you probably shouldn't have said that in the first place. But two, if you just understand the importance of effective communication in the written form, which also means appropriate communication, um, then they would save themselves a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, every word matters. Mm-hmm. You know, every word matters. And this is why I really like to watch like Senate hearings and different congressional hearings and speeches and whatnot because they're so good at having conversations with each other and giving each other the space to articulate what it is that they want to say and then it turns into possibly a debate or somebody has an objection they give that person the room to say what they want to say but they're all using their words so effectively Mm -hmm. because there's like a stenographer there's somebody taking notes of what's happening they're 
every single word you're saying matters and mm-hmm. has implications that could be worldwide if you're dealing with something like governmental agencies and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting to think, you know, as, as you get more professional and more professional, every word you choose to say really matters. Mm-hmm. And then you think about people who are just like having vomit of the mouth with their friends and stuff and they get caught saying something like, oh my gosh, why would I say that? Well, they mm-hmm. were at their like lowest form of mm-hmm. communication. They were just letting everything fly that was right. coming to them. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the number of people that you talk to is important, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it is written communication, am I sending an email to just my friend or am I sending an email to a whole company? Right. Yeah. And then people, even in that context, tend to communicate differently. Right. Um, regardless of if that one person is my boss or my friend or that group of people is a lot of friends or a lot of coworkers, you're going to communicate differently, um, whatever that is. Yeah. And then we have emojis that pack a whole bunch of meaning (laughs) into just one little face right? or one like little posture. And it's supposed to communicate a whole bunch of words. You can almost have a whole conversation with emojis. For sure. And in a way, I mean, that's what they say like the hieroglyphs and the Egyptian pyramids and stuff. Those mm. are emojis, you know, mm. they really are. We just have remixed emojis and use them in text form yeah. again. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of simplifying the route of communication, yep. you know, and English is so complicated. It's funny that you can have so much explanation behind an image like that. For sure. That's what symbols are used for. Look at the cross, you know, you see a cross, it's not, complicated as a symbol but mm-hmm. man you get into what it means and you might start wars you know right. it's it's so much yeah symbols are definitely a strong part of uh written communication um you know even numbers uh i have a athlete that i train he was so excited he got number one mm-hmm. you know and on my football team growing up we weren't even allowed to have number one because right. it, our coach thought that that communicated selfishness and someone having a big ego right Mm -hmm. why would you want to be number one like which is crazy but at the same time i do think that there's uh power in numbers you know so i don't know if there's enough power that you need to restrict someone from wearing a jersey number Mm -hmm. but um there is a lot of identification with these numbers you know and kids care a lot about what number jersey they get especially if you're like a pretty decent athlete because you want that to be a number that you carry on Mm -hmm. because it is a part of your identity at that point yeah it's huge yeah so um being able to communicate non-verbally even in that way um if you're a running back wearing number 88, that's strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anyone knows anything about football, that would be abnormal. That would communicate that something's different. Either he's out of position or they ran out of numbers or something strange. Right. <laughs> right? Um, so, th- again, the context of communication is so important because there's a lot of emotion behind communication. Even if it's not an emotional conversation, you find yourself talking to strangers and you're laughing with each other, or you may feel threatened. You may feel uncomfortable by what a stranger's saying to you. Um, I can't think of many verbal conversations I have that don't have some level of emotion involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, except for a more professional setting when I'm just discussing business or discussing, uh, I guess, data in the hospital, something like that. You kind of have to remove that emotion. But as far as your interpersonal communication, that personal piece, I think, involves the emotional aspect quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, even when you're communicating the things professionally that you have to be non-emotional towards. Mm-hmm it is emotional for somebody, right? Because right. if you present that data to the family, like now we're having mm. a very emotional conversation, yeah. you know? So yep, yep, yep. yeah, it's really interesting. It's not many things that you can communicate that aren't going to evoke emotions. Right. And that's a beautiful thing to me, you know, because mm-hmm. I love human emotions and I love seeing how we get triggered and heal and show our light and right. reveal our shadow and all mm-hmm. these different things. And it all comes by what we say and mm-hmm. how we present it. And a lot of people can't relate to you in that way. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't like emotions. And I think that might be why they have difficulty engaging in effective communication, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is going to evoke emotion that they may not want to address or deal with. Yeah. Well, you said a great way earlier when you said that 
when you're by yourself, you have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's, like I said, the prerequisite to being strong, communicating to other people and yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you can't sit with yourself and be vulnerable and try to be just completely realistic with the pain that you feel, Jay-Z has a bar where he says, we know the pain is real, but you can't heal what you never reveal. Mm-hmm. And that's just real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you don't reveal that pain, if you don't conjure it up to sit and meditate upon it, then you're not going to heal it. Right, right. And so intrapersonal communication with yourself, interpersonal communication with other people, mm-hmm. and there's group communication, you know, and there's even mass communication, which is just a very large group. And uh, we see like political leaders and sometimes athletes or TV personalities, those type of people that are good at mass communication and a lot of power comes with that, right? And mm-hmm. I guess it should because that is a great skill to be able to do that, to be able to effectively communicate with so many different people that feel they can relate to you and that feel like it's worth their time to support you and uh, follow your journey, I guess you would say. Um, may, upholding an image takes an amount of communication. For sure. Right? And those people have to basically pick and choose what they portray to the public, how they portray it to the public, when they portray it to the public. And um, that can be a kind of a daunting task. That's why it usually has a team involved, right? Mm. So then there's group communication within this system of one person who is a mass communicator. Mm-hmm. For example, the president, right? Sure. The things that he's saying and presenting and... Um, you know, uh, I guess discussing with the public are not all his decisions. It's not only him. There's a group that goes into that. So there's levels to this communication, right? Because even within the group, there's interpersonal communication. And then before the president gets up and addresses everyone, there has to be a level of intrapersonal communication within himself, right? Sure. And if you don't do those levels of checks and balances, then you could come out sporadic with your communication. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking automatically about Antonio Brown uh, Mm. in that game where he takes his jersey off in the middle of the field. You know, thousands of people watching him, takes his helmet, shirt off. He's running around, flipping people off. He's communicating so much in that little two-minute span. And yeah. I don't. It, it doesn't seem like it was calculated. Maybe it was. It seemed like it was just a quick emotional response. Yeah. But he said so much. Right. And then afterwards, in between, there must have been some intra-personal communication within himself because he addressed the public and tried to explain why he did what he did right Mm -hmm. but i think if the intrapersonal communication had came before the mass communication then he may have presented himself differently oh for sure and it's almost like that a hundred percent of the time Mm -hmm. everyone apologizes when they were acting out of uh emotion Mm -hmm. very impulsive behaviors Mm -hmm. right will smith with chris rock yeah. You know, he communicated. He he communicated a lot. <laughs> he started off communicating yeah. with his voice and then he communicated yeah. with his hands. But did not communicate intrapersonally. Exactly. Until after the fact. And probably didn't even imagine what would happen after that. He probably had no idea that like those types of consequences and perceptions were about to come back on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He probably felt very righteous before he started, you know? He like, had to. He had to. Yeah. There's no way he's doing it with that much <laughs> conviction if he didn't feel yeah. righteous. Yeah. Yeah, cuz there was a lot of confidence walking out there, right? Mm-hmm. And um he commu- like you said, he communicated interpersonally with Chris Rock in front of a mass crowd, right? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't aware of the mass communication that was taking place. Mm -hmm. He was so laser focused on that interpersonal communication. Man, it's great that you put it that way. Earlier in this podcast, I was talking about those guys that those men I was officiating that were yelling at each other and cussing at each other. Mm -hmm. One of their teammates came up to me after I had the quick conversation with them. And he was just like, man, like he was like, you know, this is all in a friendly way. Like there's not going to be anything like crazy that pops off about this. Why not just let him go? And as mm-hmm. he said it, there's this like six-year-old boy running mm-hmm. across the sideline. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you got to think. And I like point at him. Nice. And he was just like, oh, no, I feel that. And just yeah. completely went. And because like you're saying, you're not aware. You guys are doing this because you have your emotions in this game. But these kids are watching you behave as men. 
mm-hmm. and they see you cussing at each other, losing control, mm-hmm. red in the face, all these types of things. This is not a good way to communicate how right. to participate in sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great reminder because mm-hmm. we've seen many times where that gets overlooked or ignored. Mm-hmm. Even I forget the two teams that played, um, the guys that got in the fight, right? <laughs> you're on national TV, you're upset because somebody stood over you or held his glove on you too long, whatever it was. And then you knock somebody out. There you are communicating to the world. Yeah. You know, uh, if a high school player does that, he's done. He's right. done playing. He might get suspended. Right. All these other things are going to happen. They're going to ruin his chances of ever getting mm-hmm. to that level. Mm-hmm. So and kids don't understand the consequences like that. Mm-hmm. And they also can't understand the consequences because that player is going to be back playing in however many games, right? The high school player doesn't understand that that's going to end his career having a video online of him knocking somebody out in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so... Again, levels. There, there's so many levels to the communication. Not only to the the size of the group you're communicating to, but also the size of the platform that you're on, the age that you're at. You know, communicating between uh, a, a child and an adult should be in a particular way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, again, we live in an era where I think a lot of children don't understand how they should be communicating with adults. Mm-hmm. But I think that part of it is at fault of the adults for not putting more effort into communicating with the children. Because where are they supposed to learn it from, right? That's big, yeah. Um, but so much disrespect and, I guess, aggression and... Um, you know, disconnectedness between the generations, mm-hmm. which is not a new problem, but I think that it's even more magnified with technology as many other issues, I guess, are. But um, if we're able to communicate that those things are not the way that they should be, and again, different groups, at least communicate that with the people that you care about and love so that you can have a community of children that are growing up to communicate effectively and respectively respectfully and a community of adults that are trying to promote that behavior for the youth and also within each other because we see a lot of adults that communicate in a childish manner right and uh of course on this show we talk about the spirit of youth and wanting to be youthful but in your form of communication that's certainly not where we're trying to display that youth right there needs to be a level of growth and wisdom and how you communicate your ideas and your emotions and your desires um in adulthood that should be a lot different than when we did when we were growing up sure and in my experience with children who will be disrespectful to adults usually the most brash and off-putting kids want to be loved the most Mm -hmm. and have missed that love feeling of love the most Mm -hmm. so it's interesting because as an adult who's supposed to have better communication skills you have to show a lot of grace for this unaware child Mm -hmm. you know try to show that love or have that energy of love when you're communicating with them patience and all these other things the first sign of disrespect you respect me because i'm an elder like no Mm -hmm. think about their perspective or respect me because i love you Mm. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to change that uh, explanation. That's funny you say that because I was just thinking about earlier today the the uh, because I told you so. You know, mm. I'm sure every parent uses it at some point, but I hope that they use it wisely because it gets worn out quick, and that's how you definitely foster disobedience and dishonesty and disrespect because that's not a valid explanation and Mm -hmm. all kids are trying to do is learn so when they ask you why you know or want to understand the purpose of something because i told you so it's only gonna evoke frustration right Mm -hmm. because that communication is going to evoke some type of emotional response and it's certainly not going to be acceptance and content right Mm -hmm. they they want to know that's why they asked and that's the kind of dead-end answer that that they know means like shut up and listen Mm -hmm. which nobody likes to hear yeah because it's like all right you can't take the time to explain it to me and obviously Mm -hmm. we know some kids can be manipulative and they're just trying to prolong but what you're saying is is exactly correct Mm -hmm. You know, give an explanation, give in my dude, in my work and everything I do, I'm always down to explain myself if you ask me respectfully. Mm-hmm. It's just like a key thing in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. I love when somebody's able to approach me with a respectful inquiry. 
Mm-hmm. Because if I can't give you that answer, I shouldn't be doing the job I'm doing. But right. at the same time, if you're yelling at me and, and you know disrespectfully asking me, then I can't give you the answer because I'm going to condition you to think that that's how I should be treated. Mm-hmm. That's not how I should be treated. Right, right. And then so I think that that's a good place to touch on types of communication relates, relating to the, the purpose of the nature, right? So here it has persuasive communication where you're trying to convince or influence an audience, right? Mm-hmm. Assertive communication, expressing yourself in a positive or confident manner. We discussed that. Aggressive communication, a style where individuals express their feelings and opinions in a way that may seem hostile or forceful, which I think is categorized with ineffective communication, right? That's mm-hmm. not something that we think is going to lead to any other positive emotional response or a positive, uh, I guess, reaction of communication from the audience or other person, right? You you say that, but look at how common that form of communication is, whether it's teachers, uh, police officers, or even just people online. A lot of time people are pressing each other in these comments and on Twitter and whatnot, using that aggressive communication to gain compliance. But Mm -hmm. really what it does is it just shuts people down or it makes them match you with more aggression and Mm -hmm. now you have a real problem yeah some people that's all they know they've never seen like effective communication they've Mm -hmm. never seen a loving approach in trying to present your ideas and yourself i mean we've even seen people that are family members that you know will fight to the point where it's physical you Mm -hmm. know and then oftentimes afterwards say that you know that oh i know you know i love you right that's how Mm -hmm. you make up and it's like well show me that you love me you Mm -hmm. know don't tell me after we get in a fight yeah (laughs) uh and i just laugh at how normal it can be for loved ones quote unquote to be so aggressive in how they communicate with each other yeah, you know, that phrase, you know, I love you is this just sounds pretty toxic yeah. and harsh, you know, the you know, part. Yeah, like, you know, I love you. It's, it's so like, much different just telling someone I love you. Mm-hmm. It sounds so much different. And um, again, just having that awareness to be effective in your communication, because it's just two words that change the whole message. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, whether that's in written or verbal communication, it's still going to evoke a similar response every time. Um, I think that, you know, being able to have the awareness is important. And we talked about awareness before on this show. Um, you can't present yourself very well without knowing your own emotions and knowing why you even want to say something, right? There should be purpose behind it. Yeah. A lot of people will just say things to be talking, you know, talk to be talking or say the first idea that comes to their mind and not really have that filter. Hmm. And I think the filter comes along with that introspection. I was about right? to say it. I was about to say it, man. And that's been kind of our theme here mm-hmm. is how that introspection sets you up to be able to communicate mm-hmm. because you know what you stand on, you know what you believe, mm-hmm. what you feel like your purpose is. These are things when you go write these things down or think about them that when you go out into the world, you'll work from those principles. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me, that's helped you, and now you know, we're communicating it as a tool that is... Yeah, and do it without needing validation from someone else, right? Right. Yeah, we talked about that, because there's only so much that you can explain to an outside mind. Only you know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, so it's important for you to process it so that you present it properly and be confident in that presentation. But um, if you don't take the time to develop that within your own self and you're looking for the validation, eventually somebody's not going to approve. And it may be somebody you think their opinion matters more than yours, but it's your life and your reality, your truth. And um, we all have to d- develop that on our own time. Um, you know, I <laughs> we had a comment on our Instagram, somebody talking about truth. You know, we unfortunately all have our own truth and i think that the internet is in part a reason for that but it's also always been a thing because we all have our own understanding and our own educational process we learn things at different times in different ways and all perceive them differently so when it comes down to the conclusion some details of that conclusion are undoubtedly going to be different from person to person correct uh hopefully on important topics they overlap in the the overall picture 
but um, we do have to give each other grace and understanding and have some empathy that we may not always agree on important topics, even if we get the same information, just because we're going to process it differently. But that leaves open for communication on the topic. So either we can try to un understand each other or at least agree to disagree. Sure. And that takes time, right? Mm -hmm. So the shorter the, the clip literally of us talking, the less you might understand the intention of love that's behind that. Mm -hmm. Right. So if somebody were to just walk past you in the store, they might not understand your intention. But if they talk to you for two hours and work with you, they walk away. Oh, I f totally understand Blake's intentions. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's something I, I've had to be aware of for a long time, just being a black man in America, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people have assumptions about me and about my intentions. So um, I have to be confident in my own understanding of what my purpose is in this world and um, give people the opportunity to change their mind and how they think of me. And I used to get upset about, you know, people will talk to me differently when they find out that I'm a nurse or people will approach me, talk to me differently when I'm out with my baby. They realize I'm a dad. But mm -hmm. when it's just a black man in the street, it's a different situation for them. Right. Yeah. But I'm aware of that. And it's something that I don't think it's OK, but it's reality. So mm -hmm. um, it changes how I approach things a little bit. Yeah. And um, it doesn't put me in a state of fear or paranoia. It doesn't make me have to act differently than I would Otherwise, it's just awareness, right? Yeah. And you said you give people the opportunity to get to know you. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of power, mm -hmm. right? And that's showing them a lot of love Yeah. if they possibly haven't felt that yet. As long as they give themselves an opportunity to get to know me. Sure. You know, some people, their first impression is going to be their last impression, regardless of what you give them in between. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm never hurt by that because I'm at the point in my life, I don't really need anyone else to accept me. I have plenty of people that I know love me. We tell each other we love each other. We communicate that to each other. And um, I have more people that I feel that way towards than I really need. And so that's such a blessing. And, you know, we do things like this. And in the public eye, of course, we want people to be able to resonate and um, enjoy this content. But when it comes down to me in my personal life, that's a different situation, you know. Um, I have a wife and a kid. And all of these family members who know the real me, you know, there's only so much that I can say within an hour or even 500,000 hours for someone to really understand where I came from, why I am the way I am now and what my real intentions are. Mm -hmm. And I can try to communicate that in words, but the actions are so much stronger and the actions have been a culmination of 27 years at this point. Right. Mm. And only so many people really know what's behind all that. Well, Thank everybody for allowing us to communicate with you today. Um, this has been beneficial for me, as most of our conversations are. Yeah, you know, thank you, God, for allowing these words to flow off of our tongue and bring yeah. it to our mind to share at the time we wanted to. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God, for communicating with us. Mm. Um, I think that he speaks loudly and uh, to allow us to discuss this topic, I hope that it empowers a lot of other people to just be more aware of how they communicate and be more intentional with their communication. And don't forget to include the love and it's difficult to steer in the wrong direction. Uh, beautiful evening, beautiful day. So grateful. I don't have any other words. Do you? Nah, no. Right. Once again, well, we're at the right place in the right time. I guess so. And on that note, like last week, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.